Old school Paul. New school Justin. Man, y'all still going to school though. <laughs> Sit down, listen up. Father, son, y'all think it's just another one. Fade the beta, they be grading players, all it's done is Made the piper pay me, and they've been grinding lately Up late, hit the waivers, don't hate the player, hate me It's just a game boy, never gifted one on Christmas Instead I asked for ships to hit everything off my wish list. Check the litmus, do y'all really not get this? Hit this triangular shape button, I don't want you to miss this but I guess that's really none of my business Me risky free crews with pollen Justin just listening Yards after contact and catch, that's a lot of distance The kind of info make me wanna blow opponents kisses But I gotta be clear, there was one key difference Relationship is deep in this vent of ellipses Like how Justin agreed to washing all the dishes I'm just grateful Paul turned the missing to the missus Father son pie, get down on the get down If you don't get it now, then get, get out Father son pie, sit down down and get rich now if you're not feeling it now then get get out what's up everybody welcome to the father son fantasy football podcast my name is paul my name is justin and today you know we had mike taglier on last time marcus grant joe pisapia we're having all these great guys on and we're continuing our hot streak we got mike yes, right aka ff hitman from the ff ballers what's going on mike what's up mike hello <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a voice, on, that's a voice we listen to a lot and he's and he's on our show how about that oh i apologize for that doesn't get any better it <laughs> doesn't get any better than that doesn't we got the hype man we got we got some hype going on here and we're, we're talking about some good players today this is a redraft pod and we do some dynasty episodes here and there but we're on our redraft streak scott fishbowl 10's coming around the corner we just got our invites today so uh, we were we were oh, waiting congratulations yes, thank you thank you it's a good day we have mike right on and then we also get invited to scott fishbowl we gotta we gotta you know we have our own teams this year though last year we were co-owners we finished the top third top 30 top 30 overall we almost made the finals waiting to get in and then we put in to have separate teams and we're waiting and waiting we're like we're not going to get in he's almost filled up and today he goes dad check your email and there it is <laughs> yeah we're very thankful well, for that scotty fish yeah i mean i'm thankful he's, he's a good people. man yes, he's doing he the best that he can there's a oh, lot yeah. of people that want to get in this league now sure yeah. there is scott fish I mean, you can't get everyone in so it's probably tough for him but thank you for the invite so, scott and um gonna have the better team yeah but i got to show people who's gonna have the better half of this oh, podcast yeah. it's, gonna, it's gonna be easy i'm not gonna say what the vision yeah it's gonna be easy man because you know last year we drafted i kind of helped us out with lamar jackson and whatnot so this you're year, saying you did all the drafting i didn't say i did all the drafting did you just say you no did no all we, the we we co-own we do very well with the co-own i think you just said you did all the drafting i did not do all Bart the might agree with you but <laughs> i am not no if he picked lamar jackson last year for for Scotty Fishbowl, then yes, he did all the drafting. Yeah, <laughs> I did all we went them. we went tight end, tight end, and we thought, I mean, that we went uh, went Kelsey, Kelsey Kittle, Kittle right yeah, off the bat. Yeah. Sure, and that paid off. That paid off. Helped us out. Nice little fifty point floor every week. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you can't complain. We're a about little that. nervous about doing that start, but it worked out. Yeah. Now you love Marvin Jones. I love Marvin Jones, and that's been our guy for years, and I love him this year too. But we got smooth man, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> the, the smooth routes and Whoa. oh so oh, so smooth oh, it's, it's it's so Kenny smooth G's. Kenny G baby you can just have it on in the background we're talking Kenny G right now and so smooth man so so, so smooth. smooth so Mike what do you think about Kenny G this year do you think he can ascend into top five wide receiver stats as a as a bold prediction but are you on the hype I I am I I actually have him projected out as my number five wide receiver Ooh. right now I like. He's he's an excellent quarterback. He got it done, and I mean, look what he did last year. Uh, I don't have the finish right in front of me. I can pull it up and try and find it, but he did all that with his actual franchise quarterback playing half of the season. Like Kenny Galladay's a really really good wide receiver. He's he's kind of the old school prototypical guy where it's you know air yards, contested catches, that type of a guy. He's not. Really, he's not taking the slant to the house very often. That's just that's not his game, but that doesn't matter because he is very, very good at what he does. And he's also very, very good at being a giant human being, <laughs> which he is. <laughs> like he's a giant human who has great athleticism and can he fully use his body in in ways that I can't even use my my tiny little body compared <laughs> to him. Uh so as if Matt Stafford can hold up, yeah, then I I think Kenny Galladay can be a top five wide receiver. 
Yeah, and person doctors are even saying Matthew Stafford, like the risk of re-injury is very low, and they're pretty confident with him being healthy for the season. So big human being, 6'4", 218. Dad, what do you think about Kenny well, Galladay? They were being cautious with Stafford last year, too. I think they sat him out the whole year. They were going to do that anyway when he got hurt, and it's probably a good thing because if he came back towards the end of the season, I mean, why? They weren't doing anything spectacular yeah, they were out. anyway. So they're better off just keep him out. And I mean – Galladay's numbers, they suffered a little bit, but not a lot. I mean, he, he had 10 PPR points in 12 of 16 games. I mean, his numbers took a hit without Stafford. But when Stafford played, Galladay averaged 17.8 fantasy points a game. So, I mean, he led the NFL with 11 receiving touchdowns, right? I think he's going to take a little regression in that this year. That's going to be hard to hard to do again. Um, if Stafford can t- stay healthy, I mean, he's a valuable fantasy weapon. There's no, no nothing about that at all. So their defense... Is still going to be bad, and that's great for receivers. That's great for Kenny G, yeah. right? And he should have mm-hmm. a bunch of shootout games where he's going to get his points. So uh, that's a bold prediction, top five. I mean, he's, he's going to be good. If Stafford stays healthy, I think he's going to have a great year. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Kenny G train. I don't know if I have him top five. Definitely top ten. He's going out to wide receiver eight right now. And that's that's about where you're probably gonna find him come like when August rolls around, the hype kind of settles in. You're gonna see him probably fall around the third round area. Eleven touchdowns you mentioned. It helps that he was first in targets inside the ten yard line with thirteen. Second push was eleven, so he had two more targets than the next guy. He's a big red zone threat. He's also number one among all wide receivers last year in deep targets with thirty seven. So that's exactly. that's six more than second place. So like, that's not yeah. even like oh it's close. It's this guy's you're getting all the air yards for this. Sure. And then with that, he was fourth among all wide receivers in total target distance with eighteen twenty six. It combines incomplete and completed air yards, and that's the most sticky stat for wide receivers year to year for playerprofiler.com. So we like to see receivers get down the field. And among all wide receivers who had over fifteen hundred total target distance yards, he was only one of five to have more than four yards after the catch per reception. So now he's just not just falling down. He's also making some runs after catching the ball, which helps. You mentioned Matthew Stafford being healthy. It's a big thing to success. And, you know. Now Driscoll's, Driscoll's not the backup this year. They got a, there's another guy in there. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Driscoll. They have what a, what David about Blau. Blau? Yeah, David no, Blau. No, Thanksgiving, he's definitely the first play of the game. There's a new guy. Oh. I can't think it off the top of my head. I think there's a different backup in there. Could be Chase Daniel. I think it's Chase Daniel. I'm not sure. I don't know. Doesn't but matter. Doesn't really matter because Stafford's going to be healthy for the whole year, I hope. And doesn't get a lot of targets. That's the only thing with Kenny G. Like, the targets aren't Yeah, like, you're right. Exactly. It's, it's Chase Daniel. And Chase Daniel is a very capable backup. He's much better than <laughs> yeah. uh, dealing with Driscoll and Blau. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we always watch the Thanksgiving games to see Stafford, right? And that was a disappointment. Yeah. Where's Stafford? Where is he? Where is he chucking the ball? Back, I mean, it's, that's tough. And Kenny G doesn't get all, like a lot of targets. Like most alpha skates at 116. Usually, like, like to see 130. But as of the past four years, the targets overall for top two wide receivers has just gone down. It's not like necessarily going to be relying on that much for targets. So, and it also helps. Yeah, but uh, but I mean, for for Kenny Galladay, you have to what you got to look at is when Matt Stafford played nine targets, ten, eight, nine, nine, drop down to two, eight. Like yeah, he was, he was an absolute. I think it's like seven target machine. So like if you. If you prorate that out, that's 126 targets. So you're right back. You're you're very very close to that 130 number. Yeah, yeah. people want to see the like 140, but Kenny G too. Like you're getting down the field, so each target's worth more than say like a Jarvis Landry target. It's not the yes. same. So I'm all for the Kenny G hype. And the FF ballers have been on Kenny G since he came in the league and smooth yes, routes. We also got a running back who, since they're our Arizona Cardinals fans, you know, <laughs> David Johnson. I, I love David Johnson. I could have worn my David Johnson Cardinals T-shirt jersey. Uh. But, oh, no, I've lost you guys. <laughs> I, I lost you guys for a moment, but we're back. Hey, we're back. Hey, thank goodness we're for back. internet. I lost you guys very similar to the way that the Arizona Cardinals have <laughs> ah. lost David Johnson. Although, I mean, we, we, we kind of lost him like three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's been yeah, a, well, he hasn't it's been been a while. He hasn't been the same since he broke his wrist. No. He really hasn't. Yeah, running back 20 is going off the board right now. Dad, you're buying into that running back 20 price. Now he's on Houston? <sighs> no. I mean, he's got. He's, <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> he's he's going to get another crack right at being a lead back in Houston, which finished in top twelve in rushing attempts each of the past six seasons. So, I mean, Johnson should see plenty of work there. Um, I don't understand the trade. They they get rid of. Uh, <laughs> no one's going to understand that trade. All right? You, you can't I just, understand. I don't understand well, that. A, I mean, he's a mad scientist. <laughs> now he he when he was good, he was a good receiving back out of the backfield, right? But the Texans don't really throw to their running backs, so it could be a little bit of a concern there. That's why I'm not buying into the hype there. Carlos Hyde is gone, so all he's got to worry about is Duke Johnson, really, right? He's he's currently going to the 306 running back 18, so. 
after him, is there anybody you really want? I mean, you got Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, Carson, Singletary. I do like Montgomery, but... Montgomery's yeah, I, kind of the same argument as David Johnson. They're going to have volume this yeah, year I'd, compared I'd to other people. So reach and take Montgomery before yeah, I would. Big, David big Johnson. Montgomery guy. Mm. David Johnson, you buying the the Houston I, move? I'm buying that he actually will be a value. If uh, like right now, I've got him uh, broken down the his stats. He's running back 15 for me. You look at Carlos Hyde, who nobody wanted Carlos Hyde. The Kansas City traded him right before the season starts, and what does he do? Puts up a thousand rushing yards, yeah. and and so so I think that David Johnson can get it done. What's interesting, and we don't know yet, so this is kind of project and pick your side. David Johnson, he through those first you know what seven weeks or whatever it was back in Arizona last year, one he was great for fantasy football. People forget how amazing he actually was doing, and. He just what the big question is: Is David Johnson lost a step, or did the scheme, did the the new Cliff Kingsbury scheme, did it just never actually fit what David Johnson was comfortable doing? We see this very frequently with running backs when they change a, a run system when they move from one to the other. Where like guys like uh, it, I'm reminded of Darren McFadden, where you change from a man scheme to a zone scheme, and all of a sudden Darren McFadden looks like a completely different running back, and he's he's dominant in one of those and just can't get it done in the other. It's 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 a, It comes down to play style. So will will David Johnson fit in the play style that Bill O'Brien likes to run? On top of that, you are right that they – historically we haven't seen – Deshaun Watson and this Houston Texans team, this version of their of their team, check it down to the running back very often. But you had DeAndre Hopkins. You had you had a an elite, elite wide receiver where if all else fails, throw it to DeAndre Hopkins because you're pretty confident that he's gonna catch it, even if there's three guys draped all over him. It doesn't matter. We have found, and, and this is a shout out to our editor in chief, Kyle, we call him the Borgogan, and we reference this study a lot because Vacated targets are interesting. We all want to say, okay, you know, the 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 Texans or whatever, they have vacated 50% of their targets. I don't re- recall what the actual number is. And you so then you just start filling that in with, well, Brandon Cooks is going to get this. Will Fuller is going to get this. The problem is a target is a skill-driven statistic by the wide receiver. That's why DeAndre Hopkins gets so many targets, because he's awesome, because he's open. The quarterback trusts him. If Deshaun Watson doesn't have a go-to alpha wide receiver, I really think we're going to see an uptick in targets to the running back position, and that's what the that's the the study that the Borgorgan ran. And, and there's an article on the Fantasy Footballers you can go check it out. He found when teams have a huge uh, percentage of vacated targets, you see next year you see the, the 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 percentage of targets to the running back position go up because they don't have a wide receiver on the team to fill the shoes of DeAndre Hopkins. It didn't matter who they were bringing in. They're not better than DeAndre Hopkins. Like we said, the trade's baffling. I don't know yeah. what they're doing. <laughs> so I think that David Johnson can – I think he still has enough to get it done on the ground. If Carlos Hyde was able to put up 1,000 yards in that system, David Johnson will come cl- at least close to that. And like I said, maybe he still has it. He just couldn't fit into Cliff Kingsbury's system. And then – Perhaps his target share goes way up. Last year, he was still great through the passing game. Uh, I believe it was uh, David Johnson, Miles Sanders, and Austin Eckler were the only three running backs to average uh, over 10 yards per reception on a, I think the threshold was like 40 targets. So it's a lot of targets, and they're putting up huge yards. So David Johnson was still getting it done in the receiving game. And you, if you're Bill O'Brien, all right, let's just play. Let's play a narrative game and let's play the. Oh, human I don't want to be Bill O'Brien. <laughs> You're Bill O'Brien. Put yourself in his shoes. You just traded DeAndre Hopkins away for David Johnson. You took David Johnson's contract. Like in the leverage of trading for David Johnson, it's very possible you could have said, "Well, we're going to do this, but Arizona, you guys are going to pay fifty percent of David's contract. You're going to pay." 80% of his contract, who knows? But they took all of David Johnson, everything that he has to bring to this team. 
You think he's not going to try and prove that he is correct by trading for David Johnson? That dude's going to see so much volume, and volume is the king of fantasy football. It doesn't always work out, a la David Montgomery last year, who had (laughs) all the volume, but I think it really can work out. I think that this offense is still going to be good, or good enough, I should say, and David Johnson, he looks like a value at the if if you're waiting on running back and you're in that really weird nebulous group of fourth round running backs that you were mentioning david johnson has a, a an ex, a an exceptional opportunity here yeah, yeah. That, that's a very good point too because if you're you're in there at the right around the 307 and you got david johnson looking at it and you're looking at other people you're gonna be thinking man what if he is good what, you pass on him, and then he then he starts going back to before he broke his wrist. Right? It's, it's a very big what if, and we uh, on today's episode of the Footballers, we did a mock draft, and I talked about my strategy right now is I'm going running back, probably running back, running back right now because I as I'm talking up David Johnson, th- this is still a very hypothetical world of what ifs. What could David Johnson actually be? Meanwhile. The receivers who are going in this area, oh, guys like yeah. DJ Moore oh, yeah. and Robert Woods, like mm, yeah. I'll get the more, I'll, I'll take the higher probability running backs at at the beginning of the draft, and then I'll grab these wide receivers here to fill out the top of my roster. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that 100. DJ Moore, baby, that's one of my guys. Yeah. Oh, yes. I love you know. I know Mike also likes DJ Moore. We're big Bobby Forrest fans ourselves yeah. over here for the Bobby Forrest train. You gotta love Robert Woods. You can't hate him. And yes, so uh, we're in lockstep there. And the, the volume is the biggest thing with David Johnson. I don't got to touch anything else. And I, I mean, like I said, if you don't take him and then he starts having monster games because that backfield, you'd be kicking yourself. I got some PTSD from that one Tampa Bay Buccaneers game that run when he was like running as fast as you run. But in the NFL, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that, that's kind that's of the, the snapshot video. that everybody yeah. goes to. And it's, I don't even, I don't know how you have any excuse for <laughs> that yeah two back strains but play. still right. I mean, are you saying i'm slow i'm saying you look like david johnson last year take it for how you want <laughs> take, take it for what it's <laughs> worth right there but david johnson one of the one of the favorite uh cardinals for many fans and now one of my favorite cardinals is christian kirk um, i love christian kirk we love christian kirk last year made sure we got him in sfb9 but this year he's more discounted now because hopkins is in town so you like christian kirk where he's going dad he's currently going as the wide receiver 39 102 overall is the average I'm going to say no again. Oh, my gosh. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Alex, listen, today. 2019, he caught 68 of 108 targets, 709 mm-hmm. yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. He only had three touchdowns, right? He, he caught six balls of 20 yards or more. Mm-hmm. I believe he missed three games. I believe he missed a total of seven games his first two years. So that that's a little concerning. Now you bring in DeAndre Hopkins, who's an absolute tar- target monster yep. and regarded as the best wide receiver in the league, yeah. right? So this means a cut in targets, possibly for Kirk. Don't forget, you still got Fitzgerald there, who led the team in targets a season ago. Yep. Uh, Kirk's going to mm-hmm. play opposite Hopkins. Uh, Fitzgerald will be in a slot, obviously, which might benefit Kirk, while defenses have to worry about Hopkins. And then you have Drake out of the backfield, who's going to be catching balls. So if he's going uh, 10-04. You're just not taking him there, because you don't want to win. I mean, it's just... <laughs> oh man! No, you're looking there. I'll tell you one thing. Last season, no, no, I I need to hear how Christian Kirk is a winning pick. I, I think on. that he has to hit. Well, you know, I would take a. Sh- I like Justin Jefferson more than Kirk this year. You want? I'll put a bet on that. You want to put a bet on Dude. that? I'll take Christian Kirk over Justin. Where's Jefferson. Where's my pen? I can't get it fast <laughs> enough. We're we putting that on a table. Yeah, it's gonna be added on. We're there, putting it on a table. So I'm saying that Christian I'm Kirk a shot has of more. An unknown. We'll do full PPR points than Justin Jefferson. That, that's that, that, that's an easy. I'll tell you why. So last season when Christian Kirk was on the field, he led the team in target share. He missed some games. Yes, he that did. is a concern with me. He was also one of four wide receivers to see over 45 targets from the slot without a single drop. Hopkins being there helps Christian Kirk. You see the same kind of – it's like a mini version of what uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was with Antonio Brown. Research done by Derek Wiley shows that young quarterbacks going into their second year, and young quarterbacks in general – the second most targeted option, which will be Christian Kirk, because Hopkins is there now. Obviously, Hopkins can get more targets than Christian Kirk. Sees the biggest boost of overall market share, which consists of percentage of targets, percentage of yards, and percentage of touchdowns. So I'm buying a dip. I'm, he's going into his third year. I'm calling a breakout. It's it's second year in Cliff Queensbury's offense. Second year 
with Kyler Murray at that price, it's it's almost free upside, and there's nothing like people are saying. I mean, I'll give you that at the, at the price where he's going. That's what I'm saying. In the tenth round. Tenth round, I'll take him as a wide receiver five, whatever it's going to be, because I'm going running back, running back two, most likely, and just pounding wide receivers. Hopkins is going to get close to thirty percent of the target share. Cardinals are going to run a lot of snaps. I'll take the the snaps equals more targets all around. Mike, you like you mean, so you like Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. I like Christian Kirk this year, especially at that price. Uh, I mean, I can't argue with the price. The 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 situation is. To me, doesn't count. Come down two prices. What are you? What is the opportunity cost? And, and at that, so now I'm looking at, say, players that are going a little bit later, like Darius, uh, like Darius Slayton oh, from the New York Giants oh, is going Darius after Slayton. him. Yes, I, he's in. I don't necessarily. I'm, I'm not like head over heels for Slayton. I'm just talking about guys who have upside. Where, yeah, you're right. Kirk was the the target share leader. When he was on the field, if I recall correctly, it was about 24%. It, Hopkins coming in, to me, maybe it helps him on certain plays, but, but an actual volume, I don't see how it possibly helps him with the fact that Larry Fitzgerald is still there. And then on top of that, they have a second-round pick uh, in Andy Isabella who they couldn't figure out how to use. Maybe he's just a bust and they, they blew that pick, but they're going to try and get him on the field as well. They play a lot of... Uh, four wide in in the Cliff Kingsbury system. And, and I'm just scrolling here, looking at guys after, like, you, you don't want to take a shot. Just... Wait, where? when's Deontay Johnson going? He's, he's got to be going. No, he's earlier. He earlier. He's earlier now. The hype's there. He's a couple, pick, uh, couple picks earlier than Christian Kirk. I would rather have Deontay Johnson bet on that breakout. There's just – I don't see tremendous upside. And like For me, at this point in my draft – I'm going for guys that I feel like can actually break out. And I don't think that Christian Kirk can truly break out. It, I, look, I, I will give you this. that in, They're in the realm of possibilities is DeAndre Hopkins is the alpha. He's the number one. But somehow Christian Kirk is that good. And he is the clear number two. And if he's the clear number two, but then you have the problem of Kyler Murray, what what are his passing yards going from? Because he was like a thirty seven hundred yard passer from the from my memory. If he jumps, what does he have to jump up to to really sustain two high level fantasy guys when you play four wide and you see ball distribution going to so many different players? Mm -hmm. it, when you have that many players soaking up targets, that yardage is going to have to go up to forty four forty five hundred yards to really sustain high-level fantasy value for both Hopkins and Kirk, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely there's higher upside shots. Like you mentioned, Slayton, I think, has a higher ceiling than Christian Kirk does. I wouldn't shock me if Christian Kirk were to finish as a low-end wide receiver, too, possibly high. And what, what, what are you raising your hand for? Don't what? forget Justin Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't forget Justin Jefferson. Just, uh, I'm confident with that one. Christian Kirk. Uh, well, Christian Kirk has the metrics coming out of college, too. Breakout ages there, college productions there. So I'm hoping year three. Gives him top twenty-five wide receiver. That's his probably ceiling. Whereas Slayton's is probably top fifteen, considering if you know how a lot of things break right for him. Now, I just had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich upstairs. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'll, good for you. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are very good. I, I mean, it's one of my favorite. You know, quick little peanut butter and jelly. But is it an acceptable adult snack? I gotta ask this for Mike. Like, you know, people say, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a kid's sandwich. You can't have it when uh, you're snack. Yeah, or snack or sandwich. I don't know. I'm six foot six. I like to eat a lot of food. Like He's I don't six know. foot six. <laughs> eat me out of a house and home. Look at him. Well, I mean, it's, it's I, I eat for lunch. Well, I'm, I'm to be fair, I'm a peanut butter honey type of a feller. Ooh, yeah. I don't do the PBJ. I go peanut butter honey. Ooh. But yeah, since since lockdown, I've had. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're I think we're like 90 days into lockdown, or quarant self quarantine, whatever you want to call it, and I've eaten probably 25 <laughs> peanut butter and honey sandwiches nice. in this time. They're they're fantastic, yes. man. I've I have forgotten how good yes. they are. And and the fact that you can make them in about 15 exactly. seconds. And it's good for including, you. Including including the cleanup. Including the cleanup. Uh, <laughs> like peanut butter honey is is mwah, <laughs> give you a chef's kiss. It's, it's, yes. That's the correct yes. answer right there. You can't go wrong with peanut butter honey. But what's a good like side, you know, not side dish, but some people like to have like Pringles. That is a problem. That is a problem. It's the side dish for the, pe the peanut butter honey doesn't tend to have any sort of health benefits. I mean, <laughs> like, preferably, you would go with some fresh fruit. 
like some grapes. I I like a Granny Smith apple with that. Bring mm. the sour in with my sweet sandwich. That's I think that, that brings a nice uh, yeah. feng shui there mm. for my lunch. Ooh. But usually it just turns into spicy Takis. And then I, <laughs> then I don't stop eating them because <laughs> they are very, very good. Yeah, spicy Takis are good. I always go for the white cheddar Cheez-Its. I can kind of pair that with anything. All right. That's the move. Yeah, I can get with you, that. You always got to go with the white cheddar Cheez-Its. I have an addiction. Our, my dog has an addiction. Our dog has an addiction with white that. cheddar Cheez-Its. You can't, you, can't, you can't go wrong with the white cheddar Cheez-Its. It's a win-win-win. It's not tough to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to make a peanut butter and honey or peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But it's kind of tough when you get to round five in drafts. Whether it's Mark Ingram or Cam Akers, you have two kind of opposite sides of the spectrum. One's a rookie and mm. one's going out of the league within the next three years probably. But eh, maybe not. Mark Ingram, one of the most underrated running backs in fantasy. He's always like top 12 and no one really gives him the respect he deserves. But, Mike, I'm going to start with you. Who do you got here when you're on the clock? We'll say half PPR just for... You know, Mickey was this, a, he's got the body of the pencil one, in your hand. <laughs> this is one hundred percent like uh, it's it's a pretty famous and well quoted scene now from Family Guy. This is where <laughs> where they're offering Peter Griffin a boat, and then he's like, "But you could have you can have the boat, or you can have what's inside the box." And he's like, <gasps> "Wait, what's in the box?" And he's going through all the things that are in the box. And he says, "It might even be a boat." <laughs> like, like of course you're drafting Mark Ingram. He was a top ten running back last year. I. Like the only thing that the only thing that to knock Mark Ingram one I mean there's the, the the normal mathematical regression that seems to be coming for the the Baltimore Ravens offense because they were so freaking awesome last year and teams just can't sustain that from year to year but I he injured his calf at the end of the year and he's a, he's a bit of an older guy not your favorite thing to see uh, I think it puts him at a little bit of a more risk for for a repeating a similar type of injury. But he's the guy. I love J.K. Dobbins. I love Dobbins so much. He was, uh, he was my number two Oof. Uh, scouted you running put back. This guy on him. He's not a fan of J.K. Dobbins. Well, this is this was before the draft happened. I was just saying of, of watching these guys and what I thought of pure talent. Dobbins was behind Jonathan Taylor for me. I think I think he's an awesome player. It's not his time yet. It. it Hopefully it's next year yeah. because of <laughs> of all the uh, the drafting we're doing for, for J.K. Dobbins and rookie drafts. Yeah. But Mark Ingram, he is he is undervalued every single year. We did it to him last year. We said he was too old. He can't do it. He got it done. It, he won't. He probably won't score as many touchdowns this year. But again, that's a he probably won't. Lamar Jackson is. We can't quantify yet. Lamar Jackson. He's too different. He's so elite. I, I mean, I know people want to give like the Michael Vick comparison. Uh, Lamar Jackson is better. Yeah. I think Lamar, he's going to be better than Michael Vick yeah. was. So we don't have a comp for what a Lamar Jackson offense can do at a sustained level for multiple years. So I'm not opening the box and hoping that Cam Akers gets the Todd Gurley role. There's Daryl Henderson's there. The team loves Malcolm Brown still. Like, that could be a three-person timeshare. Meanwhile, Mark Ingram is the starting running back for the team that scored the most points last year. Give me Mark Ingram. Yeah, Dad, you, you agree with that? You're going to go on a different route here. No, I agree with that. Oh, you do. Why, why I do you agree, agree in redraft? <laughs> in redraft, I agree with that. In dynasty, it's the other way around. Well, yeah. But so, so Ingram is still going to be a good fantasy running back, playing alongside Lamar Jackson. But I think his clock is ticking, like we were just talking about his age, on how much longer because of Dobbins is there now. Um, so the Ravens have an impressive roster. You look at their roster, who they oh, got. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's impressive. And what they did last year was impressive. So I, I th he's got good value this year. Like Mike said, he's still going to be the starting running back there, whereas Akers was the fourth running back off the board. Um, I think he's going to have to beat out the elder, Malcolm Brown, for the starting running back job, while Henderson is – going to be probably more of a change of pace running back. They could do a three-headed monster there, which they probably will. But if, if Akers starts shining over Malcolm Brown, I think it's, it's his job to get more snaps in that, in that area. So, I mean, he's going to be the next girly, probably. I mean, and just remember, so. Probably. That's the question of, like, did they learn a lesson with what happened with Todd Gurley, who went from mm. being – one of the best running backs in the league for fantasy it was easy Todd Gurley over the past couple of years Todd Gurley was by far the most valuable running back did they learn a lesson of this is what happens when this is what can happen to your team 
when everything is riding on a running back. And I know that there's there's some running backs that just seem like they can hold up, but those guys are few and far between. Yeah. And the offensive line isn't that good in, in L.A. either. Yeah, so. it's bad. And not good. So Mark Ingram is going to be the starter. If you're staring at him there, you got to take him over Acres and redraft. You have to. I'm, I'm going Acres, <laughs> but that's why I had. The, he's going. He's opening the. Box. I'm opening the box. I, I got to open the out. box. I'm. I'm tell you why. Because yeah, it could be a boat, it's but this could be a, it's, 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 it might be Mark. It might be Mark Ingram in the box. <laughs> it might be Mark Ingram in the box. I got I, the box with Mark. Ingram. I gotta go with Cam Akers. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put a total fancy points. But most time you see rookie running backs, like you saw what Nick Chubb did two years ago when he came in, didn't really do much for the first eight weeks, and then started getting more carries over Carlos Hyde and won people championships. Last season. Well, it's because they traded him. Yeah. But because of, of Chubb, though. You could argue it's because yeah, of... Yeah, no, no, yeah. I know. But they still... When you drafted Chubb... If if you drafted Nick Chubb last year, or two years ago, you he just sat on your bench yeah. More doing nothing for over half of the season. You couldn't drop him. You couldn't make a waiver claim. You had Nick Chubb. And if you stayed the course, yes, you were rewarded with someone who turned into a league-winning running back but how much damage did he do to what moves and roster moves you could make that for two months and that's a long yeah. period in fantasy football yeah and that's what then miles sanders last year as well didn't really do much to the second half when jordan howard went down he started getting more touches and helped one people leagues there's a different thing here with cam Akers stuff because unlike that i think you can make more of a case for like deandre swift or jonathan taylor being more like a chubb or a sanders where they're gonna take a while to get going I'm expecting Cam Akers to get more snaps than any rookie right off the bat. They took him with their first pick in this year's draft. Sure. I don't think Malcolm Brown's that good. Like, we've seen what Malcolm Brown is. We know what that guy is. He's just going to be an occasional touchdown scorer. That's really it. Darrell Henderson, the, the GM, came out and kind of said, oh, he can, you know, do a home run threat any time. But, like, that's a situational play. You're going to see what Cam Akers can do. Remind you, Cam Akers is a great prospect coming out of college. This dude is 217 pounds, 89th percentile speed score by running a 4.47 at that weight, 10.4% college target share. He can catch the ball, which is very important. And he, you know, obviously college is a lot different than the NFL. He had the worst offensive line in college. That's one of the people like, oh, he's used to it. But, you know, it's going to be different, obviously, with the NFL talent rather than college talent. But I think they can – you saw Todd Gurley. He was third in red zone touches last year. Like You're going to get an opportunity. Sean McVay, I think the offense is going to bounce back. You saw what they did with 12 personnel towards the end of the stretch last year. It helps the running game more than anything. And rookies are – running backs usually the key to championships all the time, and you're not going to have to wait and sit on this guy. I think he's going to get – before the end of September, he's going to start getting a lion's share of the touches if the season does go on as scheduled. So you're you're hoping – Rookie running backs look over year to year. They so, usually so you're Mark Ingram. Ingram I like a lot. I'm not denying Mark Ingram. He's a starter. Acres, but you can also you see are, Acres, week ten are, comes around. J.K. Dobbins can start getting more touches too. Last season, Mark Ingram had five receiving touchdowns. It's not going to happen again. It's going to regress back down to normal. You, you, are you putting a wager? <laughs> I'm not going to put a wager on this one. They're both, they're both they're both good options. I'm not going to hate on Mark Ingram. And if I'm going to running back, running back start, I'm more than happy to have Cam Akers as my RB3 than Mark Ingram because that's more upside baked into the pick. You're talking about upside with the last one with Christian Kirk versus Darius Slayton. You can argue easily that Cam Akers has more upside than Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram's in the better offense, probably going to regress a little bit. J.K. Dobbins is also there, who they did spend a second-round pick on. 2021 is going to be his year. But well, there's yeah. not. There's, what's the upside for Cam Akers? Give me upside finish. Upside finish? A top 15 RB. Whoa. Okay, so the upside of Mark Ingram, who just finished as a top 10 running back. Yeah, but he didn't is, have J.K. Dobbins there last year. Uh, that's I'm the thing, because J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins is, right is going to be night and day when they put him on the field. Like, they're trying to use three running backs. I think he more than, you know, likely kicks out Gus Edwards out of the equation. Mark Ingram's going to get his touches, but five receiving touchdowns they last might. year. Gus Edwards was good. Gus Edwards was good, but not like J.K. Dobbins. Like, you know how much of an athlete he is and what he did against. I know, I, know, I told <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, you're a fan. It, just, I mean, I don't know. I could see John Harbaugh looking at him and be like, okay, we, we, J.K. Dobbins started to get more touches towards the end of the year. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, both fine draft choices. I don't think you can go wrong. I, I will say I, I do agree with you that of these of the running backs where, where they landed, Cam Akers is the most ambiguous situation. I'm, and that's, I guess, discounting the Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Damian Williams scenario we all presume that Edwards Alaire will be the starting running back sooner than later but but Damian Williams when healthy has been great yeah. for Kansas City yeah. they, meanwhile no one no one on the Rams team has 
come forward and establish themselves as the, as the running back one. So I will agree with you that that ambiguity is there and that if you're if if you're betting on a rookie having the starting job week one, yeah. Acres would be among the the easier bets. Yeah, and that's that's the case for the opportunity earlier on, so you don't have to wait as long. Even if it's like week two or week three, we'll see. They do. The, it's still a bet though, because I know bet. that Mark Ingram is the starting <laughs> running back. Mark Ingram is the starter, and also the Rams have a very <laughs> tough schedule too. The pencil. I'm not having. I'm not writing this bet down with you. There's three guys later in drafts. You know, there's three guys, and there's just two kind of guys. I mean, at this point in fantasy drafts, kind of it's kind of tough to choose between wide receivers. So. Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup, Will Fuller, Dad, who you got and why? You got to choose one of those guys that you're in round 10, past round 10. Who you got? It's Michael Gallup all the way. Michael Gallup? Yeah, how, is this, how is this difficult? <laughs> I've loved Michael Gallup since he came in. He would be a, star, a wide receiver one on any other team. They're going back to back to back. Now listen, they, yeah. okay, they got all the talent in the world. They're setting Dak up for success. He's, he's going to be a third-year breakout receiver. He, he has to overcome the return of Amari Cooper and the addition of C.D. Lamb. You got Elliott in the backfield. I'm not worried about it. They got a good, decent tight end. I'm not worried about it. Not worried I about mean, it. I mean, he doesn't have the talent of a Cortland Sutton. No. Right? Well, he's not going where he is. He doesn't have the perfect situation like a Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. But give me Michael Gallup all day. Michael Gallup. On that offense. Like I said, any other, I, any other team, he'd be a wide receiver one anywhere. Mike? I think the Gallup situation is is outstanding. I mean, he, he played in 14 games, and he finished with about 80 fewer yards than Amari Cooper, the, the quote, $100 million Amari Cooper. <laughs> Michael Gallup is very, very good. Dak Prescott n- nearly joined an elite group last year with throwing as a quarterback who passes for 5,000 yards. The, the, the list of players who have done that is very, very small. And here's what's great for Michael Gallup. Well, I mean, one, CeeDee Lamb is a rookie. Like he's a, he's the third option at best. Like he honestly, CeeDee Lamb probably doesn't even start out as the third option. He might be four, he might be five. Like, like he's a rookie. Let him let him earn the targets. I CeeDee Lamb is great. Yeah. He was my number one rated wide receiver rookie. Yep. But Michael Gallup is an established NFL player. He's not a prospect. He's an NFL player, and we know how good he actually is. And on top of that, you now have a, a new you have new coach, Coach McCarthy, in there, who's been known to let the quarterback have the reins and and get loose. And their defense is going to stink. They have lost major pieces. They have lost superstars from this team. Even Coach McCarthy has admitted we're probably going to have to win games on the offensive side of the football. The fact that Michael Gallup is going in the 10th round is absolutely mind-boggling to me, and it's directly linked to the draft pick of CeeDee Lamb, who is a rookie who has never (laughs) taken taken a snap in the NFL. He's living in a world of covid of what is training camp? Where it, the rookie camps were already shortened. Like normally, rookies would already be in there getting some reps, hanging out with the team, learning. Yes, he can learn the playbook virtually, but yeah. you need real, actual snaps to get involved in this office. This it's this is insane yeah. to me it, that Michael Gallup is going in this range. He had eleven. He'll. He had 1,100 yards last year, people, I hope he's, in 14 games. I hope he stays there when our draft comes around. <laughs> stay right in the 10th round, baby. Just stay there. Don't <laughs> don't creep up. Stay right yeah, there. We're all in lockstep. It's Michael Gallup for me. I mean, last season he ranked in the top 20 in yards per catch, contested catch percentage, yards after the catch per reception, and total air yards. Like, what, what, what is, like, Cobb, you saw what Cobb did last year. Like, you can put that, just plug it in for C.D. Lamb. Like, I think C.D. Lamb's great, my number one wide receiver as well. But it's a rookie. And people are just over. Yeah, you want to talk vacated targets? Mm. Randall Cobb. Mm. It was Jason uh, how many? Eighty something. Yeah, Jason Witten. Eighty something targets. Most underrated player. Guys, we we just talked about this. Targets are a a skill metric. Yeah. Michael Gallup has skill. He's gonna get targets. Yeah. This is Absolutely. easiest I, dynasty buy candidate as well. Like he's so cheap right I, now. People are out. People are just out. Like oh, CD Lamb's there. I'm out. Because Michael Gallup. CD Lamb, all the hype is on him. But like Mike said, why he hasn't even yeah. he hasn't even he's, been he's on the field yeah. yet. I mean, he's yeah, he's a great receiver, but 
you're, the quarantine's making people you're discounting have Michael Gallup because of that reason. That's that's foolish. Yeah, and you mentioned Amari Cooper to hundred million dollars and what Malcolm Gallup did similar to him. But Amari Cooper is great, one of the best route runners in the game. You see, what he does and creates separation. We last year we started the jersey giveaway. We have a signed Amari Cooper jersey. You're not yet. The camera's right there. You got to hold it into the camera. Amari Cooper, a signed Amari Cooper jersey. So be on the lookout on Twitter at FatherSonFF for the details to how to win this giveaway. I know Dan, Dan from Dynasty Theory. Dan from Dynasty it. Theory, I know you thought you had in the bag. You were getting like <laughs> 50 points a, a day. I don't even know what you were doing. You were cheating the system, so we stopped because no one was even close to you. So, Dan, you're going to have to try again, buddy. <laughs> so we're giving that away soon. Be on the lookout for that. But, I mean, Michael Gallup's just so underrated. I don't understand. Another person I think is going underrated this year is DJ Chark. People are out on DJ Chark. I don't understand. He's, he's one of my favorite players in the league now, especially what he did last year, the second-year breakout after not doing anything really as a rookie. Mike, you are you on DJ Chark this year? I, I don't I don't understand what's going on with DJ Chark, man. What? Where is he being drafted? He's currently going as the wide receiver 23. Where's Gallup? Gallup is what? 30? What is, I don't know. What are people <laughs> doing? Like, uh, DJ Chark was – legit great i know he, he like yes he, he kind of stumbled towards the end of the season but also don't forget i think it was like the third to last game he had a really he went down in a heap with an ankle injury looked like he was done for the year but he kept playing and he played the final two games with that devastating ankle injury gardner Minshew is way better than you think he is stop discounting gardner Minshew because he was a low draft pick because you think he's a funny character with his jorts and his <laughs> and his mustache. Like he is good. If if Gardner, the, you want a hot take? If Gardner Minshew would have been allowed to play all sixteen games and they didn't feel pot committed to Nick Foles and all the money that they gave him, and forcing Nick Foles to come back in for the for that handful of games in the middle of the year, Gardner plays all sixteen. Gardner Minshew would have been the rookie of the year. He would have beat out my beloved Kyler Murray. It, it would have happened. Gardner had an unbelievable rookie year. He's like, and now they're in, they're all in on Gardner. They didn't they didn't bring anybody in to just to to fan the flames of competition behind him. They put the support and said, "Okay, Gardner, let's see what you can do." So much so that they added a another wide receiver in the second round in Chenault. But DJ Chark, the breakout was real. The dude is. Like Kenny Galladay, he's very big. Do you like? Do you guys have DJ Chark's forty time in front of you? It's a four I three can, four, off the top of my head. He runs a four. <laughs> three, four. Like he, I get it. He plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we are. They have deservedly have earned a stench around them when it comes to fantasy football. We're all a bit nervous to draft Jacksonville Jaguars. And I look, guilty, guilty as charged. I didn't want anything to do with DJ Chark in rookie drafts, even though everything was there, all the metrics, the size, the the draft equity. He was a second-round pick. You just didn't want anything to do with him. So when that player breaks out, you should not be surprised at all. I cannot believe that people are discounting what DJ Chark did. I have DJ Chark right now as my number 11 wide receiver. So the, the value of him. <laughs> 11. The value, in my opinion, of DJ Chark is so filthy and so absurd. He's a player that I would I, I will probably leave every single draft with him because I can, I can wait even a round, a full round at the beginning of drafts of where I think that I should be taking him and walk away with him. There, there's not very many players that I will leave all my drafts with right now, if things hold, DJ Chark will easily be that player. So, yeah. so Garner, he says 11. So guys going <laughs> around him. So I'm going to put you on a spot, Mike. Oh, jeez. Shark or Samuels? Boo-boo. Debo. Boo-boo. Debo? Oh, that's, it's DJ Chark. That one's easy for me. McLaurin. It's Chark. I McLaurin. love McLaurin, yeah, I love but, McLaurin. Yeah. but DJ Chark is a better situation. How about Green coming back? Oh, I want nothing to do with AJ Green. Oh, <laughs> and one other guy, La nothing. Landry, Jarvis Landry. Uh, yeah. See, J Jarvis Landry just doesn't have. He's fine. He's safe. Yeah. 
He, but DJ Chark has upside, baby. Upside, yeah. eleven. Yeah, like larv j- jar. I always Larvis Larvis Jandry. Jarvis doesn't have the upside. Like Jarvis is always underrated in fantasy football, but that's also because his. When you look back at his fantasy finish, you go, "Wow, he finished a lot higher than I remember," and that happens every single time. Yeah. You're like, "Wait, I, Jarvis Landry wasn't wasn't helping my team very much. How did this happen?" Yeah, yeah. Jarvis, he's Landry, a great player, most but DJ Chark, man, give me DJ Chark is the number one target, and and now in this off season, it's the, they will be planning around DJ Chark, yeah. and now you have you have Jay Gruden coming in as the offensive coordinator who has has done. Beautiful things when he has a competent quarterback. Like, re- remember what he did with, with Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton was a fantasy superstar there for a while with the, the aforementioned A.J. Green. You give him Gardner and D.J. Chark, and I think he's going to make some things happen. Yeah, definitely all on the board for D.J. Chark. Jay Gruden even expressed recently he has to deploy Chark in a more versatile fashion this season by getting him in the slot more often. Last season when D.J. Chark was in the slot, which is 26% of his routes, he posted 14 catches on 23 targets and four touchdowns, giving the quarterback at hand a QBR of 129.5 on average. So he's electric in the slot. That makes more upside. And then before an ankle injury, per Graham Barfield, he, he mentioned over the final three games, he saw a team-high 24% of targets and 35% of the air yards when healthy in Gardner Minshew starts. Both figures would have been top 12 among wide receivers. Yes. And small sample size, but with Minshew at quarterback, that's 14 points per game for Chark compared to six without. You I mean, you guess down the field too, 14th in deep targets, top 20 in total target distance. He's just he's a good player, has a lot of upside baked into it, and now gets a full season in another year to build more chemistry with Gardner Minshew. So I'm, I'm all aboard the DJ Chark hype train. I love that upside play and huge, wide receiver 11 overall. It's definitely in his range of outcomes, and he's going at the wide receiver 23 costs. He's guaranteed top 20 production. You're getting him later, which more and more just makes the case for a running back, running back start. You can get all these wide receivers later. Give me yep. running back, running back, DJ Moore, DJ Chark on the same team. I'm I'm going to run around the block naked. I don't even care. I'll be naked. happy. Yeah, I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do, man. Naked. You got you to get hype. Dude, I do not blame you, my friend. I'd, I'd be greased up too. Davis won't even look at me again. Naked, dude. You gotta do. That's it. a long block. That's a long block, dude. You better rethink that. Uh, no, I just let them know. I got DJ Chark, DJ Moore on the same team. They're like, they're yeah, like, oh, and then oh. everyone's like, oh, oh, oh all right. my bad, my bad. I didn't know. They'll like Proceed. throw confetti on you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now, that's a pretty bold one, Dad. You're on the DJ Chark high train. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I agree. I mean, they didn't bring anybody in for. They, they believe in the mustache man. <laughs> I mean, he's a fine quarterback, right? He's not a lights out passer, but he gets the job done. I mean, he's fine. You got. Westbrook in there, no. Yeah. Chris Conley, no. Keenan Cole, no. Mm. They bring in uh, Chanel. Chanel's rookie, rookie, rookie. Yeah. They bring in Eifert, the tight end, yep. Tyler Eifert. Nothing. I'm not worried about. It. He's a wide receiver one there. He's still gonna do his thing. And healthy. Ankle injuries are always devastating for both running backs and wide receivers, obviously, because you need to make yeah. moves out on the field. But before we get I mean, Mike out of here. We need a bold prediction, Mike. Bold prediction or fancy this year? Can you give mm. the people a bold prediction? Uh, my bold prediction, uh, if you've been listening to me through the offseason, you you probably know which player I'm going to be talking about. I will be highlighting Antonio Gibson, running back from Washington. He is an outstanding player. Go You, you, wanna, you have five minutes, and you want to just bring joy to your life, Go watch Antonio Gibson highlights from last year, and you will go, holy freaking crap. The dude is a tank. His athletic measurables are off the chart. He is a running back wide receiver hybrid, and like these, this is the future of the NFL. You need a running back who can catch. I tip my hat to like the Nick Chubbs of the world, but... You're a dying breed in the NFL. If that's what, if you're really good at rushing, you better be able to catch the ball these days. You had Ron Rivera draft day mention the words. He reminds me of Christian McCaffrey. That's very interesting. Okay, all right. Let's let's move along. Uh, who's the offensive coordinator for Washington? Oh well, it, it's in fact it's the son of Norv Turner, the guy who was there giving Christian McCaffrey all of those carries. The, the Turner system likes one running back. 
Who's in front of Antonio Gibson? Well, Darius Geis, who I still believe would have been an awesome player. Like Geis' talent, I loved him coming out. Unfortunately, his body has betrayed him and doesn't want to play football. Maybe he can still salvage the career, which would really put a damper on this Antonio Gibson <laughs> breakout because Geis could be really nice. But other than that, nobody is standing in the way of Antonio Gibson. He was a day two pick at the running back position when they already had 10,000 running backs. They, they, they knew with all the running backs they had, they didn't have the one that they needed. It, Gibson is so versatile. And then on top of that, who are the other weapons for Washington? Terry McLaurin, great. Alpha, wide receiver one. Like, and, and, like, and Sims is a nice emerging player, but my point is simply you don't have an entrenched war chest of skill players there. Antonio Gibson, it may not be week one. It may not be week five. But my bold prediction is that at some point, Antonio Gibson will get the starting job and he's going to turn into a whatever. Let's get hot. We'll get spicy. Oh. Antonio Gibson will turn into a league-winning running back. Whatever. Let's get hot. We'll get spicy. Antonio Gibson will turn into a league-winning running back. Nice. That's wow. Nice. What rounds he going <laughs> in? The dying. That's that's the show right there. He's going in uh, round. I don't even know. He's round free. free. Yeah, round, round free. free. Him and Nikhil Harry are both in round free. It's it's wherever you want. But that's gonna do it for if people. Who don't know where they can find you on Twitter or your podcast. That's just I, I can't should. even say that. I, I mean, can't know. There's should. no way they don't know about that. If they don't, I mean, if they don't well, then here you're under a rock. I don't know what's going on. But let people know where they can find you, Mike, and what you do. So, uh, if if you're not aware, my name is Mike Wright. <laughs> I'm one of the hosts of the Fantasy Footballers podcast. Right now, we're a, we're a redraft show. We go all year long. We're still doing two shows a week right now. July that'll go to three, and then in August. We are your one-stop shop for fantasy football, for fun, and for great information. August through December, we will be five times a week. Ooh, and uh, all the information is at thefantasyfootballers.com if you forget anything I just said. Did you hear that, guys? Five come August. Five. <laughs> That's everyday knowledge. Five shows. <laughs> Personal spokesperson for that. followers my dad. I appreciate uh, it. You can hire. I'm for hire. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you guys made it this far, subscribe to the show if you guys like it. We'll have more coming out, but thank you to Mike for coming yes, on. Yes, thank we'll you, Mike. You we appreciate your time.